Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit powered by Lift Aviation. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. You are Jeff. I am. You're definitely <laughs> Jeff. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Not much. How you been? I feel like I haven't spoken to you in a little bit, although we speak. I know. I know. We we speak a lot, but uh, I know I kind of I kind of feel the same way. Um, it's not because we not miss. Enough. No, it's not enough. Uh, we we missed last <laughs> week due to some scheduling stuff. Hopefully things the dust is settling on my end a little bit. I know you get busy, and then when I get busy, it's like damn near impossible to to line up a a time to record. Um, so I'm happy we're recording now. That's for sure. Hell but yeah. um, yeah, life gets busy. Life gets crazy. Um, we we dude. So we have to catch up. We have to talk about Kathy Jaffe. Um, that's that, that we, so I, much we to mu- talk about. I think we have to talk. We have to start there. Um, and then. I feel like our airplanes have sympathy pains. It's kind of like when women get periods uh, yeah. th- together when they start hanging out. Both of our airplanes basically broke yesterday. Um, yeah. Well, mine's been broken, apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been, so same here. I guess same here. Um, yeah, right. Uh, but both were discovered yesterday. Uh, so we could talk about that, uh, which will be fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude. Um, it's a smoky start? day here in California. And I'm not going to fly today, I don't think. I was supposed to fly it again today. And I don't think I'm gonna. I canceled a flight yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I flew flew in the morning. Um, it was the field was reporting six miles haze and smoke, which you know, if it's six miles visibility due to smoke, that sucks. That is, I mean, it. it you know, when you get six miles and it's uh, uh mist, it's one thing. Yeah. Six miles in smoke, dude. That's thick. You know, it's, and it's not isn't good for the intake and everything. It's just not good for the motor, not good for the motor, not good for us, not good for our lungs. Um, so like, I yeah. flew yesterday and about like 30 minutes into the flight, I started feeling like shit. I was like, you know, this was a mistake. This is not, yeah. this was not smart. So I ended up canceling the flight and I'm supposed to fly again today. And I think I'm going to cancel again, mm-hmm. uh, which is okay the- because my airplane doesn't have wheel pants. And I, I am kind of debating about just lighting the thing on fire and collecting the insurance. That's like being with a chick with cankles, just uh, cankles. Yeah, no, but no bueno. No, no. And there's just no, no dressing that up. Yeah, and uh, despite what Jorge thinks, this isn't your uh, real job. <laughs> <laughs> Is that guy still alive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's a character, though. I love him to death because he's just a wacko. <laughs> he's a he's a freaking nutcase. Yeah, my favorite. Like I, I've gone in and out of subscriptions with the Exploder, but. Uh, when the last drama with Armstrong, you know, so I was like, I'll resubscribe. And of course, you know, Jorge's in the mix and he's just like, you know, I'm not even an IAC member and I don't even live in the United States, but here's, why does he have to I'm say gonna, that I'm every gonna... time, every time he posts, it's like, we don't give a shit. Well, it's also like, he, like he prefaces it with that. And then just, then just throws up a, a an extreme opinion, you know, out of his ass. Uh, he's crazy. We gotta start trolling him and be like, and just asking him, "Are you an IC member? Wait, wait, are you in this country? Are you an yeah. IC member? Are you an um, IC member? No, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
my yeah. god. But um, so, what what happened? Can you talk about your will pan or no? Too early. Do we should we talk? No, we can talk about it. Uh, let's talk about maintenance issues. Let's we'll talk about our our extras being pieces of shit first, and then we'll talk about Kathy Jappy. I'm so yeah. excited to talk about Kathy Jappy, dude. I can't even stand it. Um, dude, so, so much fun. Yeah, dude, it looked it it looked and sounded fun. It was really fun to read. Um, you know, kind of the text chains are just you know, you. I, I really. I, I'll just tell you from from the perimeter. I really, really enjoy the technical talks that I get to be a part of, like with you and Rob or you and Mike or whoever it is, even with Aaron in the group chats. Like yeah, I love, I so love that technical it. aspect. It's there's so much into it. And it's, it's fun watching somebody's understanding and like, you know, your mind's eye, I use that term a lot, like in instructing, like your mind's eye opening up, like you're noticing things that you didn't notice before. And I'm sure there's probably figures that you're doing in, in unlimited where like, the more you do them, the more you're like, oh, I'm noticing this component of a figure, right? right. That I, I didn't notice before because the figure itself was overwhelming. And now that it's not, I can see this element and this element and this element. And that's obviously how you get to become an expert on all these figures. Uh, so you can do them without thinking about them. But, you know, it's like you kind of like extrapolate it from, you know, back in the day when you're learning a loop. You know, it's like there's all kinds of components to a loop, even though you, it doesn't seem like it. It's complex maneuver in, it, in and of itself. Kind of a hard maneuver to score on too, but it's like you didn't notice it at first, and then after your you know three thousandth loop, you're like you don't even uh-huh. have to think about it. It's muscle memory. You don't even have, you don't have to look to the left. You don't have to cite it. You don't have to do anything. You just you can just do it. For, you you know like Sammy Mason, hell you anybody Rob, I'm sure you guys could probably do a loop with your eyes closed and it would be on axis, and it would be purely from muscle memory, and it would be fine. Right. So I, lo- I just love, love like reading, uh, you know, your questions, you're figuring things out. Uh, somebody with, with more experience in the, in the category, given tips and t- uh, tricks and you're like, Oh shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. That's, that makes a lot of sense. I love it's that. It's valuable. It's priceless. I mean, there, there is a price on it, but like, it's just, it's just so important to, to not be afraid to ask questions and, yeah, and ask and like, you know, I was talking to people at the contest too, and we'll get into that. But basically, like, you gotta, and even that, you know, this fellow that I'm, um, I'm flying with a little bit right now. Like, you know, I keep telling him, like, you know, my ideas or my way of doing things might not work for you. Like, that's the thing I see a lot with acro. You know, with competition pilots, is like any, you know, with enough training, anybody can can gear themselves up in sports when they crush it, right? And then you start seeing things late in the stage of intermediate like a national level where like they're struggling to like keep up and then like at the advance they almost give up because they they're so programmed into doing things a certain way that's been taught to them and they haven't developed their own like skill that that works for them you know they're just trying to do everything as as like a program pilot but as soon as yeah whatever data or whatever goes awry they they get lost you it's know. almost like it's almost like you don't write your own your own manual right. along the way, right? Like you look at um yeah, I know you um we've talked about like how you have just pages and pages of notes. Uh AJ, I like uh, he's always writing shit down. I mean, he has like a pocket yeah. notebook. Anytime he's thinking about something, or well, he's like a you know like comics do that or or like, you know, writers do that, authors do that where it's like any kind of a thought they write it down or any kind of a, a piece of feedback. It's like, oh, that's good, you know? And um, it seems like people are, are kind of, they're writing their own manual 
construction manual, right? Uh, their, their, or their own construct of how these figures are flown and how they are flying them and how they want to fly them. And then it becomes a style. And then it becomes this thing where like you can build off of, right? Cause it's, it's all foundational. And then you right. can use those tools. Uh, literally uh, no pun intended that use those tools to, to obviously fly a new figure that you've never flown before. And then, probably fly it better than somebody that yeah it's just straight programmed to you know uh you're you're kind of flying robotically instead of putting any thought to uh thought to the yeah. figures yeah and like you know like i was talking about with the when they get to advanced um you're getting into more of a um a lot more te- technical technically difficult maneuvers you know per se like the uh the snap roll where it's got to be done at different speeds so like whether it's a 45 up 45 down you know at the top of a square loop you know where it's slow so you have to learn how to how to flick left and right and from say 85 to uh you know depending on the airplane 130 135 i think 140 is you'll never need to do that at at a advanced level but um but yeah like what i'm getting at is the the low speed snaps versus the high speed snaps you have to develop your own feel for so like you know and that's at an advanced level once you get to the unknowns um you know that's that's where like every the people that haven't you know practiced that stuff they'll get to uh, a nationals and somebody will throw in a um like i remember it was a really cool figure it was a um wasn't even a flick uh a snap it was uh from straight and level pushed down to 45 um half roll or like a two of four two inverted uh 45 down right and then push all the way up to vertical with a three-quarter roll and it's it's disorientating because you know you don't see that very often a, a long duration push uh yeah. like that from 45 down to vertical not up. from a down like that huh yeah yeah and the three-quarter roll on the vertical up is it is something new in the advanced category so you know if you haven't practiced three-quarter rolls left and right um or even one way you know it's a very disorientating figure especially in the new new area like you know you and i are both extremely cursed with having you know uh, a beach so we have this perfect reference you know yeah. that can that can you know square up everything but then you go to kansas or you know the midwest and everything is the same gross interesting yeah so it's like you you i remember my first contest in sportsman i flew it and it was, the contest was maytown and it was in the middle of farmlands pretty much um and i remember come, it was a cuban or something like yeah i think it was a cuban and I remember coming on on the uh, backside of it and not knowing any I not not that I was that disorientated, but like, you know, I was trying to pick up box markers and the judges. And like, you know, once you you come back around and you're expecting to see like this beach or perfect reference and you, you're not used to not having anything. You yeah, know, it's 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 different, you know, um, so that's all like those comfort blanket things that if you get used to doing that, it. It, I mean, crutch might be the wrong word, but it's certainly one of those things where when it's gone, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, I mean, it helps with timing, you know, at home when you want to practice and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, certainly, uh, it separates the, uh, the men from the boys. I could say well, that. Well, absolutely. Ab- oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it separates and- they from them. <laughs> 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 so I, I actually, um, this is actually worth, I guess, worth talking about because it's relevant to what, um, what you're talking about right now is, so when I flew yesterday, I was in the smoke, no, no horizon, right? Very little horizon. I mean, it wasn't until like 7,000 feet high that you could get any kind of a, 
a horizon, oh, yeah. but it was like the smoke horizon. And it's like, you're not, we're not, you know, it's like, that's a little crazy to do stuff that high. Um, but the guy I was flying with really nice guy, older guy, he was 75. Um, but he had flown a bunch over the years at Tatima. Um, and he flew with Ken Erickson. He flew a bunch with Ben Freelove, a bunch with Sean Tucker. Oh, nice. And he, he happened to be around, um, them during the collaborators. And so he did a bunch of flying like practice flights with the collaborators and stuff. And, um, good pilot hadn't flown in about three years, hadn't flown any, anything pits extra wise in about three years. Um, but it was fast and he was fascinating to talk to. Uh, but it was really interesting to watch him fly and try to fly without a horizon, which yeah. that's unreasonable, right? We all, we need a horizon. We can't not have a horizon. There is one thing to have, uh, you know, if you're always used to flying with clouds and you use those as reference and then those are gone, that's one thing, but you know, we need a, we need a blue and a Brown, you know, at least a, for a lot of stuff. Um, right. <laughs> and without that, you know, yeah, just a little bit. Um, that was really fascinating to watch. And he was really frustrated. He was like, man, I can't cite shit right now. And I'm like, I know this is, this is really difficult. Um, it was the first time he had flown a mid wing, which is not much different from an L in terms of sighting per se, but it's like, when you haven't flown in three years, plus it's a new airplane. First time we had flown together and it's like, you're trying to remember, you know, yeah. how, uh, how these figures are supposed to be sighted. Like we did a hammerhead. It was just like, oh my God, this is this is a disaster, you know? Um, the vertical lines were just atrocious, but it was just, there's no line. It was disappeared. We were in the smoke, you know, trying to do this shit, um, (laughs) which was silly. Like, that's why I was like, you know what? I'm breathing smoke. The engine's breathing smoke. I feel like shit. I'm starting to taste smoke. We can't see anything. This is so dumb. This is all, this is, this is overall stupid. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not worth it. No. No, but like I can see like, you know, you get used to the mountains, you know, like out here, I think a lot of California pilots probably get used to to the topography, right? Like obviously with mountains, you're not drawing a, a clean horizontal line, um, but you definitely use it for positioning. Like uh, the mountains are great for, you know, um, you know, maybe if you're going to work on timing, like, like point rolls in the vertical or like, I'm sure snaps, right? Like, like timing that Yeah. if you can use, if you can have a reference like that, where like, oh, the little mountain peaks right there, I'm going to, I'm going to put it somewhere to where i can reference that again and then when that's gone uh that becomes a real problem yeah, <laughs> yeah i get that's it. why the uh the corn cob commander is just nasty at aerobatics just just slaying it yeah, yeah and these you know th- these these freaks in canada that's why they're all so good too because in the winter time everything's just white yeah canada is just going hardcore right now right? they are they are they, they are about about it they just turned the switch and we're like, you know what? Let's go. Let's fucking yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. They, they are yeah. about it, about it. Anyway, so let me give you, I'll give you what was going on with my airplane. Yeah. Give and me the breakdown and then I'll give you mine. Yeah. And then this way the listeners can guess what was going on. And then obviously at the end of the story, uh, you'll figure out what the uh, root of the problem was. So anyway, so I, um, I've been practicing and my practice flights are, 12 minutes or less, 12 to 15 minutes, not even 15 minutes. Um, my practice area is super close. Um, it's an undisclosed location due to New York airspace, <laughs> but um, it's uh, it's working anyway. Uh, so no, no ADSB uh, 
targets here. I, I don't what. Uh huh. <laughs> so um, so yeah, so everything's been going fine. Engine, I'm I'm big on uh, you know, just monitoring my. I have all steam gauges pretty much, except for my uh, ED. I have a uh, EDM um for EGT, CHT, and fuel flow as well. Um, but obviously, I got needle uh, oil tamp, oil pressure. Everything's been um solid you know very normal so i um get in the airplane early in the morning i take off uh it's about 15 minutes into the flight i'm about uh right by jfk and number five cylinder starts uh creeping up on cht gets to about and i'm 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 leaned out but i'm not it's a 30 minute flight to my contest to this contest so i didn't lean super critical i just wanted to like just lean a little bit you know no big deal I was at six thousand five hundred. So before uh, uh, before you continue, just out of curiosity, what EGT wise, what do you typically like cross country cruise, and what do you typically uh, contest fly EGT wise? Just out of curiosity. Well, contest some everything's forward. Well, not everything, but Every- the mixture's full forward. But um, yeah, leaning out, um, going like you know across the country. Oh God, um, I'll make my CHTs are at three eighty you know 370 ish uh depending yeah. on fuel you know i kind of lean for fuel flow and see where that stabilizes that because i don't want to go super lean um i just don't want to get i don't know i just never was a lean a peak type of person um i'm not either yeah so i get I, it's not worth it for me to save the gallon of gas um no. so um yeah like 380 370 on chds um yeah not too crazy and then egt usually runs around like uh if I remember correctly, like uh, low 1300s at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like EGTs right now, you know, in this flight, 15 minutes in, they're all stable, like 320, 325, 330-ish. Um, and then number five cylinder starts creeping up and gets to like 350. And it's ticking up a degree like every second. And then it gets to like 370, 375. And I start, you're just feeling like, little, and I'm like very, not i don't want to say a stupid term like in tune with it but like i always am like listening to the airplane and everything like that and i'm like okay i'm feeling something in this thick and now i'm like looking at my oil pressure gauge you know i started riching in the mixture already to see to get the temperatures back down and um i didn't touch the power or or the prop at this point boost pump did nothing um and i'm like okay well this is fun. Like, and I'm just picturing myself like on the news, like landing at JFK, you know, I'm like ready for like a cylinder to blow or something like that. So then like riching it up and everything goes back down and like, I'm flying super, not super rich, but like, you know, it's EGT is like out low 12s and CHTs are, are like 300 at this point, you know, 295, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, so get it to the contest. Um, and I'm like, Oh, maybe clogged injector, right? No big deal. Cause it cleared itself out got to the contest and uh everything was good flew to contest no engine problems flight home 15 minutes into the flight same thing and i'm like you gotta be kidding me like i'm like maybe clogged injector maybe it's still working itself out riching it up went away got home because it was so close fine so i'm like obviously there's there's an issue so I take the cowling off and pull the line uh well and clear the injector injector was a little carbony not really crazy but it was clear and um you know blew used the duster and i blew everything into a cup and drained everything into a cup to see if any like sediment or anything with like any blockages that were present that i could see what it was and like nothing so i'm like oh cleared itself out 
check the airplane, put you know, put the line back on, pop, 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 go to fly yesterday. Um, and I'm like, I'm gonna go fly and try to replicate the situation. So I took off yesterday, climbed up to 6,500 feet, leaned it out to what I did, and 15 minutes, not even like 13 minutes into the flight, same thing. CHT started rising up on on number five. So I'm like, so I mentioned it. I didn't want to get, you know, you don't want to start going, you know, get the CH. I think the uh, light coming book is 420 and a red line of 500 on CHDs. Um, from that sounds about right. Yeah. So I land and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, what the fuck is going on? So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's definitely not the line, you know, but I'm like, maybe it's the flow divider. It could be that. And I'm like, and then I'm like, I wonder, I'm trying to like, um, figure out like maybe I got a uh, you know a valve issue maybe the valve's not closing or you know uh, maybe the, li- the lifter wore out the valve stem or something I'm like what's going on and then I was thinking about the plug so I'm like let me just pull the plugs so I pull the plug and um, sure shit the bottom plug of five the uh, ceramic on the inside is just fucking gone not gone but it's broken you can, I would it, just yeah it's not good yeah it's not yeah good. it's no, cracked it, it it's, was cracked and like all fucked and up. noticeably like, yeah, like so noticeably like, bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, obviously that's the issue. But then I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's is super intelligent. Um, and he was like, what was happening is what he thinks is happening is that that plug after 13 minutes or 12 minutes was heating up so hot that it was almost acting like a glow plug. So I was getting detonation once the yep. uh, engine got really hot. So it was misfiring. And then once I richened it up, it I guess it went away a little bit. Uh, but I ordered a set of new plugs and I should be good to go. I haven't flown it since, but dollars to donuts um, <laughs> was probably the issue. <laughs> and you were, oh, definitely. And you were running champions before and, and you're running, you're going to run Tempest now? Yes. Yeah, so I, was, I was running uh, Massive Electrodes champions. And yeah, um, Mass Electrode, yeah. I was never really, they a look, fan they of the, look uh, a lot like Tempest. Well, no, I think the, the, that the, those fine wires are shit. Those fine wires are shit. The, the mass electrode champs look a lot like Tempest. That's why I was like, "Oh, you're those that happened to a Tempest." That's kind of surprising. Like, no, that's the champ. I'm like, oh, yeah, it came with the airplane. So like, and like, you know, the, the other plugs. I I pulled the other plugs today, and they're all fine. But I'm not gonna. I can't. You know, some people like replace like one plug with this and that, and they're like, I just can't do that. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Like, we always talk about maintenance on airplanes, and like, if you think not that like it needs to be changed but if you think it should probably be done just do it like you don't want to fuck around while you with something that's you're beating you're beating up in the air pretty good um yeah. so i didn't want to order like one i just felt like that was just if and the other thing too is if it happened to this plug you know um for whatever who knows how it happened it could have been something like maybe when you know we were checking the plugs at annual um when we put in a spark plug cleaner it you know, the abrasion could have chipped it away or maybe it got put on the bench a little too hard and, and uh, you know, could have cracked, you know, could have happened. Um, who knows how it happened? But like, what's to say that one of those other ones has a hairline right now that we can't see it? It's going to happen. And then my luck, I'll be over to fucking Midwest on my way to nationals. Like or over a mountain or something like that. Like, so um, I'm changing all of them is what I'm getting at. Yeah. And, and so kind of how uh, I uh, grief 100%. My mindset when something like that happens, like on a plug, or I'm trying to think of like another example. Um, injectors wouldn't be the right the the uh, a good comparison, but like 
um, spark plug wires. Let's, let's we'll say wires. Let's you, you get like one wire chafing, right? Right. Um, I order the whole set, and then I'll take the good ones. I'll keep them, clean them up for backup. And then like, yeah. And if 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 like, dude, you're if you're hosed, like you know, you go out and do a run up, and like like spark plugs are the are the best example because um, I'll change all I'll change them all, and then um, when it comes down to uh, yeah, run up or something like that. And, you know, it's like, you can't clear, can't clear a side or something like that. You go to check the plugs and like one's busted. At least you have a spare you can throw in and, and, you know, maybe make the flight that day or, um, you know, get to where you're going if you need mm-hmm. to go somewhere and then, you know, you can order a plug and then, and change the plug back. So I, yeah, I'd keep those other plugs. It's just one plug, oh, yeah. but I'd change them all. And then I'd keep the good plugs, clean them up. And it's like, Hey, you got some spare plugs and like, you never know. Someone might need a plug or two. And it's like, Hey, yeah, I've got a couple, whatever. Like, oh, it's definitely going in my spare. Like, cause like, I don't get me wrong. Like if I was, uh, so I'm going to take, you know, three or four of them to nationals. I don't think I need that many, but they're so small. I might as well. And like, I would have no problem putting in a champion, you know, one of these, you know, if I'm in a jam or something like that, like, but like when totally. I get home, you know, I'll, I'll do what I usually yeah, do. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was interesting. Because like, you know, shame on me because I was overthinking the whole situation instead of just, you know, going to a plug, you know, but I just never, you know, it just, I kind of overcomplicated it in my head as to what the uh, the problem could have been where I should have, you know, lesson learned, I guess. Well, you know, it's like, um, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. So at my old airport, um, there was this guy on the field pete um and he always drove around in this piece of shit passat it looked like he lived in there he would he was always shirtless unless it was raining so like he'd just be like you know working on an airplane shirtless and then like driving around to another airplane he was kind of like the field a and p you know like the you know like those airports that are like oh yeah dude you got a problem talk to pete you know like he's the man right and uh i actually had a problem um fouling a plug and um pulled the plugs or decal that pulled the plugs and um he was helping and and kind of looking over things and he went and went to go clean the plugs and he he said something that it's absolutely true and we we forget we think um we think that these engines because they're so expensive are highly advanced and he literally was like dude this is a glorified lawnmower engine like this technology hasn't changed in 60 years maybe yeah. even more and it's true like they are they are the most rudimentary simple dumb inefficient engines they really are like you could build an engine a modern engine that could produce way more horsepower with less weight less cubic inches and burns less gas without a doubt right these are these are prehistoric engines and there's but in that regard they're it's really good is there's only a couple things that can go wrong, right? There's no, yeah, there's no, reliable. like they're super reliable, you know, they're, they're manual, even though they're fuel injected. Um, we think that's like a huge advancement in aviation. Like, Oh, it's fuel injected. <laughs> it's not carbureted, <laughs> but like, there's no, there's no engine management system. There's no electronic bullshit. Like, you know, some of these experimentals and, and some modern airplanes that have like road taxes and stuff all have, you know, electric um, or like FADEC, you know, things like that. This dude, yeah. this is a simple, it's a three knob fucking engine. That you know, when something's not happy about, uh, when the engine's not happy about something, uh, uh, dude, it's not getting enough air, it's not getting enough fuel, 
or it's getting too much of those or it's not yeah. getting enough spark and that's it <laughs> it's yeah, really exactly. really simple can you imagine if you had like the uh the dash whatever your car there and all of a sudden you're landing and the freaking check engine light comes on you're like motherfucker <laughs> damn it again I, I, I gotta call pete he's got the thing that can clear the code <laughs> yeah i gotta check i gotta check the code yeah oh god um but yeah no they are super super simple um but with that said um you know people find a way to like just like take that for granted almost you know and you know they don't do the proper maintenance on it or they try to just you know cut corners this now oh, it's fine oh it's fine you know yeah like that. yeah but yeah but yeah um that was my issue and i'm excited to get these new plugs and run them up and uh they're coming here tomorrow so um put those bad boys on and ground run it and that's fine and i will i will report back i am actually excited to hear um that if you see if you notice any changes in how the engine runs i bet you you probably do notice a slight nothing significant but i bet you notice a slight change in all the cylinders yeah i've noticed it i used to run tempest on my 200 and I, when i switched them i noticed it too especially with like just like not fouling up not that like i was always pretty pretty good about ground leaning and and leaning the airplane and everything like that to to a certain extent so but i did notice um the air the airplane was running a little bit better with the tempest plugs i i like tempest a lot you know tempest um how do i say this champion uh, you know champion's a great brand obviously you know um Mikey G runs te- uh, champion everything. Uh, the champion filters are great. Um, there's been a lot of debate depending on the, uh, on kind of the shop uh, that you talk to, whether they like, you know, um, mass electrode champs, thin electrode champs, Tempest, which Tempest only come in kind of like that thick electrode uh, style. Um, yeah. it, it's just kind of interesting. You know, people always get into these camps. It's kind of like... Uh, I don't know. It's it's not as it's not as lame as Ford versus Chevy. I can't stand that bullshit. <laughs> That's the most hick shit ever. Like fuck, it's fucking Dodge Ram, bro. Fuck your Ford. Yeah. Uh, get out of here. But like, you know, people really ride or die on Tempest or Champion. And for me, it was the big the filter shortage when Champ when you couldn't get a Champion filter to save your life, and people were paying a hundred and hundred fifty dollars for a filter <laughs> because yeah. people who were hoarding them, you know. Um, Tempest was the only thing available for a little bit. Tempest was was out of stock too, but uh, Tempest was the was the only one available for a little bit. And then I think Champs are back now. But literally, I think Champions factory burned down, and you couldn't find Champion filters. Yeah, I remember um, that. that was like three months and, ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. I, I honestly might have even been during COVID. It was a little bit, a little bit ago. Uh-huh. But I, thought um, I remember like a little bit ago trying to find a, a filter for the bird dog and uh, just couldn't find them. It was, it was probably still a shortage, honestly. Um, but I remember, like, you know, I've been running Tempest plugs for a while, and I think um, Southeast Arrow was big on Tempest because that's why I have Tempest um, when the airplane left Southeast Arrow. I'm pretty sure they're, you know, it's, and it's just like, again, it's what camp you talk to, right? There's there's shops that are like only Champ, shops that are only Tempest. Um, but I've been running Champ filters with, and then, you know, using Tempest plugs. And then uh, when Tempest filters were the only ones available, I talked to several people that were like, dude, Tempest filters are cheaper and they actually uh, have better filtration. Um, they, they filter lower microns um, than than Champ. I was oh, like, nice. oh, cool. All right. Nothing wrong there. I ended up buying a case of 12 when I, I found a case of 12 and yeah, yeah I've been super yeah. happy with them. 
Yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, but I, I like Tempest stuff, dude. I, I think they're great. You know, they're a little more reasonable than Champ, uh, especially for filters. But uh, the plugs have been fantastic. And now, um, you know, you were on your original set. What how, what does your airplane have? 300 hours on it? Less than that? Nah, like 270, 280. 270, yeah. Yeah, you're about the three. Yeah. So I, I probably, I, I might have 400 hours on those Tempests already. Um, oh, wow. I'm trying to I'm trying to think of when the airplane came back. Well, maybe 300, you know, but dude, they're running strong. I haven't had any issues with them yet. You know, it's funny. The only issue I've had uh, is after last annual, uh, our AMP uh, was gapping the plugs. He's like, you know, the gaps are a little, they're a little out. They're they're they they these plugs are gapped on the on the um the the higher end of the um what you call it the limitation right I forgot what the limit is it's you know I don't know what it is but they were gapped on the larger side he's like I'm gonna close them up a little bit and I was like okay but like we've never fouled a plug in this thing runups yeah. are always great the thing's running great is there any risk of maybe like potentially fouling plugs because if you gap in my mind, I'm like, if you gap them closer, you know, lead deposits and things like that, I, I would think that it'd be easier to foul. More and he's like, no, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was just like my, I'm not a, you know, I was an F 18 engine mechanic, um, which has nothing to do with reciprocating engines. And I have a good knowledge of, of piston engines and things like that, but I'm not an A and P or anything like that. Um, but in my mind, I'm just like, you know, I, I feel like if you close the closer you move that gap, the easier it is for carbon or lead to get in there and, and, and either arc or foul, whatever. He's like, no, actually it should be um, less prone because you know, the, the smaller, the gap, the less chance there is for shit to become wedged in between. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll buy the theory. Yeah. And sure enough, dude, you know, now uh, the left mag uh, fouls all the time. We, I got to clear it on runups all the fucking time. That's annoying. Um, but that's not a function of the plugs. It's a function of the gap, you know, but yeah. those plugs have been rock solid. Uh, yeah, I think you'll like them a lot. So I'll be I'll be curious to kind of see, you know, what you see out of the engine. Um, I got it. We got to get a we've been talking about getting a do you, you said you had an EDM engine monitor? Yeah, I yeah. think we're looking at one of those. It's or JPI. Gonna, I forget. I'm so bad JPI. with the electronic stuff. I just uh, remember one of those like expensive as hell. But like uh -huh. now, all these like new Garmin instruments are incredible. They, it's like a little three and a half gauge, and it's got like RPM manifold, CHTs, everything. I think we're gonna look at doing something like that. We we kind of need yeah. to, and it clears up so much panel space. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's like it's you know operating an engine like this, especially aerobatic wise. Like we don't have any, uh, the panels uh, panel on this on, on my extras original. Yeah. Aside from a four thirty for the radio, actually, not even my that might even be original. Um, it's an original panel. I mean, we've got an electronic fucking G meter, big deal, but instrument yeah. wise, uh, we, we got to kind of step it up a little bit, um, uh, and monitor yeah, the engine a little, a little bit. bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Bit. Um, so I'll bit. tell you my, my maintenance, uh, issue right now, Yeah, man. Lay I go to pre-flight the airplane. Um, one of the partners had just flown it and was putting it away and I was kind of, uh, pre-flying it. And I noticed that the left wheel pant. The bolt that the outside bolt that screws into the axle uh, was missing, and there was a hole in the wheel pan, like like the the washer, like the size of of the washer that you put on it, right? Something don't look right. Like, oh fuck, okay. And so I go to look, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. the The wheel pan is just flopping in the wind, 
and um, the the bolt that goes into the axle that supports the wheel pan that then has a screw that goes through it is missing completely. I'm like, what the fuck? How the hell did that happen? So I take, we take the wheel pants off and the, that, that bolts a really uh big bolt for you guys that know what I'm talking about. And I'm not sure if the modern extras are the same way, but essentially how you attach this wheel pant to the wheel is there's a bracket on the backside by the caliper that is just a flat piece of sheet metal with some, you know, some, um, uh, whatchamacallit um trying to think of the name um you know the things that are riveted on that you screw something into like a 1032 into right or something like that um i don't know why i'm blanking on the name but basically you could screw um two bolts that secure the back side of the wheel pant to that bracket that hold on to the axle then on the outside on each side there's a a large diameter bolt that um screws into the axle the cotter pin goes through that bolt and then that bolt is secured and then you screw the outside of the wheel pan into that. Well, that bolt sheared off completely somehow have no idea it broke and uh, almost uh, I'm we're going to probably have to repair the wheel pan, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it, it's super weird. I have no idea how it happened because that's a pretty robust bolt, but it, it sheared or it broke right where uh, there's a hole for the cotter pin. Um, uh, you know, like when you put the wheel on for the axle, um, that, that cotter pin that secures the, the axle nut on, um, it, it the bolt sheared there. So super weird. Flying the airplane without wheel pants right now, uh, which, yeah. you know, I got to be real honest. It's disgusting. It's, it's really bad. I don't like the airplane. I really, I'm not kidding. When, when the when the airplane doesn't have wheel pants on it, I really, I want to list it for sale. I really do. Like, I can't stand it. It's it's gross. The airplane looks fucking disgusting. And we should yeah. just light it on fire. You should fire. probably get like a tetan, tetan shot or, you know, something like that clears up chlamydia or something like that. Yeah. You know, I agree. Put a cream, something. I would sleep in separate beds too. I wouldn't even like risk, you know, getting Emily infected. No, it's, 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 it's really bad. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's, what's going on with my airplane. It's flying pretty well, you know? Okay. Here's it. I want to get to Kathy, uh, Kathy Jaffe. Um, but I'm actually curious because this is something that, uh, surprised me a little bit, uh, and it has to do with rigging. And so, um, when the airplane, uh, when the previous, um, partner ground loop, the airplane, we shipped it to Southeast arrow, right. For its rebuild. Um, right. it came back. I flew it across country hands fucking off it was no i remember you were saying i mean that. yeah unbelievable i've never flown an extra like that like every every aerobatic airplane has some role in it right i mean it's just inevitable um is very rarely do i find one that is completely hands off at at all speeds and it was really impressive how uh doug beta and kermit um rigged that airplane it was really impressive um Fast forward to that was what 2020. Um, the airplanes developed a right role somewhere, somehow, you know, things get loose, I guess. Um, but it, it was a little surprising to see that this airplane kind of developed a role out of nowhere, right. nothing really changed. You know, the airplane doesn't have trim tabs. Um, I flew an extra 300L that actually had a trim, a rudder trim, uh, like a bendable metal trim tab epoxied to it 
And I, I don't know if that's standard, but I, I've flown most 300Ls and, and 300s that don't have any of that. Um, but anyway, um, you know, you can't, obviously you can't trim out light forces. There's no um, aileron trim. There's no rudder trim or anything like that. But the airplane developed kind of a, it was noticeable, right? That's weird. And so we've been kind of chasing that. Yeah. Um, and we were playing with the spades and and kind of adjusting things and we, we fixed it. But um, it was really odd to see a, a role being introduced. Yeah. I don't know. It could just be it worked, working its way. You know, something. I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe you got to do that. There's like that 25 hour thing, that grease fitting where the uh, the, the stick assembly comes together. I forget what it's called. Uh, but you know, grease that up a little bit and tighten it up. You could have yeah. a little bit of, sl- you know, slap in the, uh, bit of slack in the uh, controls there. Yeah. And I, I checked for that and I, I didn't feel any. Um, oh my God. You know, remember I, that one midwing at nationals? Uh-huh. I wouldn't fly that airplane. I'm telling you right now, I would not fly that. It was airplane. like barn doors slapping in the wind while the stick was. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't believe it. Like w- we were wiggling the aileron and looking at the stick, not move. Like, and the amount of slop like, in that airplane. Oh, it was really, it Dude, had to be like, yeah, eighth inch, quarter inch. Uh, oh, more than I'd say, like Half in between inch? an eighth, like three, like three sixteenths, like in between a quarter and a and a uh, eighth. I wouldn't fly that yeah. airplane. I re- I would refuse to fly that airplane. It's amazing what people get into. It really Dude. is. Dude, <laughs> Dude, that was crazy. But yeah, I'm curious. Uh, you know, anybody out there listening? Why? Uh, so, um, I'm, you know, experiences with with pits. Uh, those things go out of rigging all the time, right? Things twist, it's wood, you know, they, the, the wings swell in the, in the summer, they shrink in the winter, um, humidity, all that stuff, things, things twist and get out of rigging. Very common to have a pits get out of rig and need to re-rig it, uh, at least slightly. Uh, but I'm curious, like, you know, anybody out there experienced that with a composite monoplane? This is my first time. And, you know, the airplane has been through an annual, which doesn't mean that there's not something wrong, but um nothing's it's not getting worse in fact we fix it and it's fine uh with with uh we had to adjust a washer on the spade and it, it's great yeah um nice but it's just weird just kind of weird a little bit weird um yeah but yeah so contest went really good um went really really well I tell you it, you just can't duplicate a contest environment and that's why Man, it's just if you if you don't want to do a contest because of ego or something like that, I don't know, whatever the reason, it's really a shame because it's especially regionals, the flying secondary, like you have so much fun um hanging out with everybody, you know, joking around. And what I really enjoyed was um the beginning, uh, when everybody's getting their practice flights in. So um, you know, towards the end of the day, I was kind of bored a little bit. I walked over to the to the judges line where a couple guys had some radios and were giving some critiques, and um, a bunch of sportsman guys were flying and and um, and it was a lot of fun. Just given you know, there's you don't want to change a shit ton before a contest. So you know, there was things that you know a couple of these folks um, should really work on um, that I didn't want to mention to them because then you know you get all mental over it. But we fixed a couple of things. Um, with some of these uh sportsman guys and it paid itself in spades um you know he did really well one of the guys won um kendall and uh this other guy who had a beautiful beautiful pits s1 i mean the thing was just 
gorgeous. Um, he came in uh, fourth place and did amazing. I mean, the score sportsman. I I never wanted sportsman, and there's a lot of people that never wanted sportsman. It's such a tough category, and you know the altitude limits are like you have nothing to play around with. So um, it's fifteen hundred to I believe thirty five hundred. So if you have some type of high performance plane, you know you're just going to shoot through that uh, really quick. Um, but yeah, it was really, really good. And um, everybody flew really, really well. And what was really nice is that there was no um, scenarios where it was an unsafe condition. Um, the other thing, too, was uh, Pete Muntean uh, moved to intermediate and he won and he is absolutely crushing it. He's crushing it. Um, and <laughs> he's just a great guy. To, that guy's a force, around. dude. Dude, he's just such a fun guy to be around. And uh, he's just a good guy. Um, but he's flying. Because, you know, like when somebody moves up in category um, to intermediate, there's a lot. You know, you get an unknown, a freestyle, blah, blah, blah. And when they move to an intermediate category in the decathlon, it's like, holy shit. Like this guy's got, you know, he's got a lot on his plate here. And uh, man, he ate it all up. <laughs> but it's yeah, amazing. He did really, really, really well. Um, whatchamacallit um but yeah so that was fun fun to watch um advanced was interesting um the unknown had it was a really interesting unknown i don't know if i liked it that much um not necessarily for somebody that was experienced um but for the regional pilot um it was a it was kind of funky uh because it had a lot of down figures in it and you know if you didn't hit your altitudes right um you know, you get into this contest environment where you want to go, you want to perform, you don't want to, you don't want to take a break because, you know, you know, everybody's watching and blah, blah, blah. And, um, whatchamacallit, um, it, it was a, uh, I forget exactly the, the beginning sequence. It started off with like a diamond loop or something like that. But then by figure three, it went into, like a half loop up or something and then a spin a spin p loop so you know one and a half say spin and then pull around to like level flight um upright and then push down vertical to a four so it was like down figure down figure down figure and i'm like this just doesn't hmm. you know this this is kind of funky and you know um it's a regional contest where not, you know, everybody's there to have fun. And oh, and I was chief judge in that category. So totally uh, popped my cherry for advanced uh, being chief judge. Um, so oh, I'm fun. like, go, yeah. So I'm like, go figure. Like, and I'm not, I, I'm not saying I'm right here. And it is, again, like all you experienced guys out there that are whatever, you know, say what you want. I was just, it's my opinion was that it would, it could be a get somebody into a dangerous situation. So, um, I went over to the, each contestant. Uh, no, I went over to an, a more experienced guy at the contest, and I was like, "Hey, like, I'm looking at this right now, and like, if if the lower power, the four cylinder, because there was a bunch of four cylinders in it, and there was also somebody in the category that was brand new to it. So I was like, you know, the way I'm calculating this sequence is if you don't start at this altitude, by the time you get to here, you know, it could really present a problem. So I'm like, what if we?" Um, I wanted to go meet with the advanced pilots and be like, Hey, like if you're not at 1500, what I wanted to do is I wanted to go meet with them and say, if you're not at 1500 feet before entering this figure, and if you go to enter it, I'm calling you off. Like, so just, just know that, you know? And then like, 
we were, this is before I spoke to the advanced guys. And I'm like, um, then the, the one fellow who was talking about, why don't we just give them like an optional break? You know, that they won't be penalized. And that's what we ended up doing. Um, so we huddled them all around and we're like, Hey, like, this is why I think this, you know, I was giving them reasons for it. And, you know, the one, the one very experienced guy, um, I spoke to and I'm like, Hey, like, just so you know, like, I'm not, it's not that I'm, I don't want to say worried about you, but like, I understand that like you're at a national level and like, this is not necessarily child's play for you, but like, I understand that you know how to, how to hit your gates and where you need to be. I go, but we're at a regional contest. So like, this is going to apply to everybody. And like the best pilot is still going to get the best scores. Like this, whether it's an optional break or not, like it doesn't make a difference. Like you're still, you know, the, the best pilot out of four people is going to prevail. So, um, everybody was on board with it. Um, I was afraid, you know, whether they're going to hate me or not, I kind of had to swallow that a little bit. And, um, and it worked out really well. And everybody had plenty of, uh, plenty of altitude at that point, um, to, to do the figure. And the figure was flown really beautiful. The one I was worried about. And then, um, also with my luck, I had a, uh, a Cessna going to flying right through the box. So I had to call off a, uh, a competitor in the middle of a figure, which is like, oh, wow, doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's like, fuck, no, that's a huge guy. deal. So it's so, um, so I had to call him off, and you know, it was a good, uh, it was a good experience for me. Um, you know, chief judging for the first time, I had a lot, a lot coming at me at the first, uh, <laughs> the first go. <laughs> that's a, that's a big responsibility, dude. Oh, totally, man. Um, yeah, especially like when that's why, like, you know, like we've heard stories at a national level or even regional where it's like, it's, it's, it's always this one figure where like people come, they enter the figure and it's like a half loop up or it's some type of figure, you know, half square loop up where they're pulling vertical and they're capping at a certain altitude and they are there. And it's never a spin. It's always like a push down something or a split S and you see the person. It's funny. Cause I saw it at nationals and thank God the guy wagged off, but um, you know, they'll do it. And at that point, like you could look at your altitude and if you're not at the gate, the, the wing should wag right away. Cause like it's procedure. Like I'm not, I cannot, this is not safe. So I'm not at 1500, I'm at 1200 or I'm at 1400, 1450, not safe wag done. But yeah. like, you'll see people, they get, they cap off and like, well, think about they'll, it. They'll, you know that they're thinking, cause it's like five seconds at that point. And they're just thinking they're driving on, they're driving and they're thinking about it. And they're, they're like, is this good? And like, if you're already thinking about that and try to calculate your gate, like, like no good. And thank God I've never seen yeah. anybody push it, but like everybody who knows what they're looking at on the ground is like, please don't push, please don't pull, please, you know, please God don't. And then you see the wags and you're like, oh, thank God, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they, they but, saw what I'm thinking. Whew. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and at that point, like, you know, like if you, you know, that's why a good chief judge is should, you know, just at that point, like break, break or, or knock it off, knock it off type of thing. Um, yeah. Because it's regional or whatever. National, like, you know, we're not be mad at the chief judge at that point for caring that you don't kill yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it was good. Um, Unlimited went really well. Um, I'm getting really comfortable uh, working the sequence down and, and focusing on the presentation. Um didn't uh, zero any of my outside flicks. Um, they were all flicking because I never had anybody really judging them. Um, so no zeros on the flicks. All my tail slides went right. And it's so funny because um, so the first flight to no one has a roller in it. And I had been so concerned 
on these outside flicks and tail slides and, and other figures in the catalog that I was just, you know, I wasn't flying the sequence so often, you know, but, you know, I was just concerned with, with energy altitude and outside flicks. And I had been flying one, one figure wrong. So I landed and I'm like, oh, no one went good. Um, and this, this, this really cool guy came over to me. He's like, Hey, like, uh, so I, I couldn't talk to him cause he was far away. Like, but he was walking to me. So I'm like, thumbs up. I'm going to show him like thumbs up. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh man, like, that's not good. So he's like, you fucked up the roller. I'm like, no way. I go, I did it. I thought, I thought it went really well. He goes, you did an outside roller. It's an inside roller. <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, thank God, man. Because like, I've been flying that. I'm like, lit. I, I said, uh, I said, swear over my kids. I go, that's, I legit thought that that's what the figure was. And that's how I've been flying it. I go, thank God this happened here because, um, you know, I go to nationals, but like the outside ones are, 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 I wouldn't say harder, but they're just slightly more difficult than the inside ones. So I'm like, if anything, like, thank God, you know, we found out this year and I could switch that really super easy to do. I'd rather do an inside than an outside roller. Cause it's just easier to get the plane to go around a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, so it was, it was a good learning experience and it just goes to show you, like you get complacent, you know, focusing on, uh, you know, how to technically fly certain figures and, and you're, you, you walk through the sequence a certain way every time, you know, and you think you get it. It's like, oh, back to basics. <laughs> back to basics. <clears throat> yeah. I love it. I love it. So, like, yeah. where, how do you, um, how do you place yourself? Like, how do you feel about where you're at right now? Um, so I don't want to say I feel really good because that would make, that would sound like um cocky um but i am i'm like i'm looking at my airplane right now i'm recording the hangar and you know it's a the, the sc does it have is, wheel pants it does. You t- just tell me about how good it looks with the wheel pants on so i can it, live vicariously through you and it's uh all lubed up um oh, <laughs> love it. and like i'm looking at it right now where like i'm excited to go fly it well not that i wasn't but like unlimited i was at a point in in the beginning stages of this category, like the airplane, you're you're just doing a complete disservice to the airplane. Like it's just it's so and like it's capable. I know how capable it is, and I can't do it. Like I couldn't yeah. do it at the time, and it was very frustrating because I have this super high performance machine, and I can't make it dance. And um, and now like that, you know, and that was in the very beginning stages, and it was progressively getting better. But now that like, you know, I went to a contest and wasn't like my goal last year, I was saying was like, I want to go to a contest. I want to fly safe. I don't want to have to take a break. You know, I don't want to zero and I don't want to embarrass myself. I want to, you know, score good. And, um, and I did that. And now like this, this, uh, this contest season was, I want to go to a contest. You know, I want to be able to focus a little bit more on presentation. I want to have the figures you know, I wouldn't say nailed, but I want to have the figures in my pocket where like, I'm not gonna, it's not necessarily worried if I can do them. It's worried whether I'm going to get like a six or an eight, you know, I want to, you know, um, I'm confident that I know most of the figures in the catalog now. So like, and it, and it proved itself a little bit because like this, um, this contest, you know, the unknown was, was decent. It wasn't crazy. 
but like I was able to like not just get through to know and I was like, okay, like I'm ahead of the sequence, you know, during the flight, I'm ahead of the sequence. Okay, I'm gonna drive this figure here. Okay, I'm gonna bring this down here. Okay, I'm gonna chop power here and drive it a little bit more on altitude. Or like, hey, like I'm I'm getting a little bit displaced off the box in this vertical for no wind. Okay, let me adjust with the wind corrector here. So like the flying was, you know, I can I can do the figures and I'm confident. And now like, you know, I'm using the other part of my brain to like to to put the plane where I want it for the judges. Or like not not exactly well, I did a decent job, but like I can do better. I can bring it lower and I can bring it. Um, I can, you know, not be thinking as fast, I guess, you know, because I know what it's like in advance to be really ahead of the airplane and, and to almost have like an out of body experience where it's like, you know, you're waiting for the next figure at this point where like, yeah, you know, now Which is where you would want to be. Yeah. So I'm not there yet, but like it was a big step for me to like be in a contest setting, feel, you know, nerves. Get an, get an actual unknown that you haven't seen, you know, this and that. So, um, and fly safe. So like, you know, the floor of unlimited is three 30 or something like that. And not that I would ever even go that low to begin with, but like in advance, I would have no problem kissing the bottom of the box at six sixty six or whatever it was. And like unlimited now, you know, um, you know, depending on, on what it is, like, I don't plan to necessarily go below, um, a thousand feet at this point. Just because not because I I can't. It's just that like, you know, I just I just don't want to because I don't have enough experience in the category. And yeah, you know, I'm so I just I'm really big on I believe it or not, like I'm I really want to be try to be as safe as I can. And it's not about like for me right now, unfortunately, it's not about winning or losing. You know, it's about getting better. It's so like cliche, but like it's just about getting better. Um, no, that's that's fair. I mean, because eventually know. it will be about winning. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it, and like that's, the, that's the difference fair. of like three hundred feet for me right now is not going to make a difference in my score. So like, I just want to stay safe. I don't want to have to worry about altitude when I'm like trying to focus on figures and and getting nines and and making a perfect figure. So like, I don't want to come out at the bottom of a figure and be at like six hundred feet or 500 feet going into a vertical with, with some type of, you know, weird rotation, this and that. And now on the back of my mind, it's like, okay, well, am I going to slide too much? And then I got to hit this, this flick down and like, and it's like the figures already busted. So now, you know, I'm worried about altitude. I'm sacrificing a quality of a figure. So in essence, you know, I'm actually getting worse at, at, at this category. So to me, like my floor right now is, is, is a thousand feet and, you know, people might judge it, but like, it's, I could give a fuck. Yeah, no, that's safe. That makes total sense, dude. Yeah, that so. makes that makes a whole lot of sense. But yeah, I so it was it. fun. It was a lot of fun. I love it, dude. That's awesome. Um, I, next week we got to talk about kind of how you, um, I guess the prep, the the prep, like you know, kind of the gap towards nationals right and obviously there's yeah, a lot to do talk about with nationals next uh we should record um for next thursday or next friday's release uh uh national spread because i have that's a whole podcast let's do it. it's a whole podcast it's a whole thing yeah in fact we yeah, should let's, get let's do that. another competitor on us let's get like a sportsman intermediate competitor to to go on it with us so like we can see like different take on let's it maybe get Corey back on yeah actually no you know yeah, Corey would be good. Yeah, Corey's great. Um, you know who um has been flying a lot though is Lee. 
Lee would be great to get on. Let's get Lee on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not to say that Corey wouldn't be great, um, but and they would all, would all be great. And we want them all back on the podcast for sure. Yeah. Um, Lee would be great. We haven't checked with him in a long time. Um, who else? Uh, you know, unlimited or not unlimited. Um, intermediate would be really, really good. To, is there anybody we haven't yeah. talked to that we need to get on that that is an intermediate practitioner? Besides, uh, uh, apparently, Aaron McCartan, although he's Jerry... been on the podcast. <laughs> Jerry Esquineza is a really good unlimited pilot. Oh yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 300 so. S driver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. So, hell yeah. Well, we have some homework to do. We'll do that. Um I'm trying to think of anything else. We got to we got to start looking at um we need to well, <laughs> we need to revisit the thing that nobody's said a fucking word about, uh which is advanced um worlds uh haven't heard a single thing uttered about that in what seems like months nobody's talking what a about bummer it. too because it's like in the states yeah i i don't understand why this is not it's not getting all the buzz and and not every you know and, and having not everybody talk about it it's crazy but um yeah. we need to kind of look at that again and maybe we can try to revisit who's who's showing up and who's not i guess uh because mm-hmm. we just have not heard about the french at all um they're not coming anyway I don't think they're coming either. Um, they keep saying they are and that the rumors are not true, but yeah, I don't think so. But we'll, we'll take a look at who's uh, the registered entrance for nationals. Again, start making kind of some, some, some picks. That'll be fun. It's obviously unlimited team selection year. That's really fun. You're flying unlimited at nationals. That's really fun. We have a lot. We're, we're, we're going down, you know, like when you put a quarter in that giant uh, little, that, that giant funnel thing and the quarter yeah. circles. And as it gets, closer to the to falling inside it goes faster and faster that's what i oh, feel yeah. like right now we're we're like getting closer into the into the funnel of uh advanced world nationals everything's really exciting right now i'm i'm we're it's we're getting into like the pumped the pump season of episodes you know hell yeah it's gonna be no, it's gonna be cool too. so we'll revisit it next week um thank you to lift aviation for supporting the podcast go support them they keep supporting their 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 hat is just in every freaking thing imaginable. Um, uh, I just saw that they've got their uh, logo on the cowl of the latest GB one that's being produced. Um, because I, I know they have a partnership with uh, Gamebird now, which is great. Um, which by the way, I really like the look of that paint job. It's probably my favorite paint job that's come out of Gamebird. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might like be my that one. Top three, maybe. I like the I like the actually the demo paint too. Um, I like a lot, yeah. but it's all close um, games. What's that? They're all cool, cool schemes. We got to get Philip back on. Give us an update. Yeah, I I, I agree with that because they keep they man they're just they're pumping them out big time. Hopefully we yeah. see one of those compete at nationals. That would be really nice this year. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you to Lift uh, LiftAviationUSA.com. Use the promo code FlyCoolShit. Go show them some love. Get a discount on the stuff you buy, and uh, support a brand that supports aerobatics. Which is uh, we need more of those. Um, and speaking of more of those, fly good merch. Flagandmerch.com. Use the promo code ACRO, A-K-R-O, at checkout for 10% off the entire website. Um, I just ordered a mug and I ordered a hoodie. So I'm I'm pretty pumped. Oh, I, I use my own I, and I use my own promo code for that. I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Oh, uh, I think I talked about it last time. I, I gotta get stickers up on the website. I'm I apologize, but st- expect some uh Sticker packs for purchase pretty soon. We have Fly Cool Shit stickers and then FCS podcast stickers. So if you don't want to have shit 
on the thing that you want to support the podcast on the object that <laughs> that you're putting a sticker on if you don't want the word shit on it we <laughs> we have we have uh um we have uh um fcs podcast stickers and fcs podcast shirts so uh yeah go buy some shirts Flacco shit shirts fcs podcast shirts flackleshit.com slash merch expect some stickers on the website soon to order and that is it we'll talk to you all next week later thank you for listening to another episode of fly cool shit be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 